forever. Special guest for you, as promised, a former Falcon and former Charger. You loving me, you know him. It's Michael DeBerger. Turn on the Boss Man Show. Mike, what's up, my man? Hey, what's up, man? How you doing, Boss Man? I'm doing good, Mike. Good at the show, man. I, I told you at the stadium, man, me and John be fans of yours. Been fans of yours for years, man. So it's honor to have you on the show with us, man, because we've been loving you for life, man. And John, Mike, used to have him fancy football league, man. And you had you, you won his league, man. He want to tell you about that real quick. <laughs> you, sure, you sure did, Mike. Dude, 2008. I know you remember 2008, right? Yeah, I love 2008. 2008, that's my man. 17 rushing yeah. TDs, 17 rushing TDs, man. I, my yeah. dudes in my fantasy league, Mike, they were they were pissed, bro. They were pissed yeah. every week. <laughs> every week, uh, I just slapped Michael Turner down on the table like, boom. Yeah, yeah I was guaranteed to get you something. If I wasn't getting the yards, I was getting the touchdown. I was get you some points. Yep, yep, sure were, man. You were, yeah. that, was, that was a great season all the way around uh, for you. And then, uh, you know, Coming back in 2010 strong, too, those were uh, two great years that you had uh, on the field, not only from a fantasy perspective, but obviously just in general. And, uh, you know, yeah, for sure, man, we, we definitely uh, have been following your career uh, through uh, throughout. So uh, glad to have you on the program. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Glad glad to join everybody. No, by the machines, man. This time of year, man, football's back and back in session, back in season. You get that itch to play still. Zeva Kai said, man, I get back on the field. I can still ball a little bit. I ain't that old. I can get on the field still do, do my thing a little bit. That did cross yeah. your mind this time of year. Yeah, you know, I'm always curious about, man, can I can I run? Can I still outrun some of these guys? You know, I, I you know, I never touch the waters, you know, but I'm I'm letting these young guys have it now, you know. I'm I'm old in football years, you know. Well, yeah, in football years, I'm real old, so. <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah. geriatric in football years, but yeah. uh, retirement, you know, filling that void after uh, players retire from the game is something that um, I would imagine you have to think about as your season kind of, or not your season, but your career kind of progresses. Is there something that, that you had in mind while you played that you look forward to when you did retire? And, and how do you kind of fill that void of competitive juice that flows through you, uh, you know, after you've stopped playing the game? You know what? I was so, you know, while I was playing, I was so focused on what we had going on with Atlanta. I wasn't worried about life after football that much. You know, you, you know it's in the back of your mind, but it's, but it's like I got I to gotta take advantage of this opportunity that I have right now to, uh, you know, go out there and compete at the highest level that there is and uh you know uh you know but always taking care of family and you know and uh you know doing something after you know easy investing money thing um as long as, as long as I did that I had I had enough time to stop and think about what I want to do after. No Mark to that same point with your basketball knowledge about football, you're just knowledge of the game. You thought about getting to coach with be or professionally or in high school to kinda of shut up now and also getting football and how Successful you were as running back and on office football the way the way you know office football. Yeah, you know what I, I talk about it all the time coaching. You know coaching. You know I got a lot of respect for coaches. You know you got to deal with so many personalities, and uh, on you know the three levels high school, college, and pro. You know I I like I love college football. You know I would love to do that, but then I got to think like how can I recruit these guys? You know I never had to recruit before, so like how can I do that? And then uh, pro level I can I can deal with the pros. Much easier, but it's just such a cutthroat league, you know. I, if I can, I, you know, I love to get my foot in the door in coaching uh, professionally if, if, if that's available. But high school is no way, no chance. <laughs> I don't know if I have patience for these teenagers. <laughs> I feel you. Now I'm thirty. I feel you. <laughs> hey, listen, I've, I've got teenagers in the house. I tell you right now, they will test your patience. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, no. But it, it's all fun, you know. It's, you know, I like I like seeing the little kids play. I was at a high school football game. Uh, uh, last weekend, uh, seeing my little nephew play, one of my nephews play, and uh, it was fun. I, I, that was getting my little competitive juice going. You know, it was like taking me back to the days of high school when he was like clearly the best player on the field and he was out there dominating. <laughs> you get there, right, folks. We got Michael Turner here on the Boss Man Show, former Charger and Falcon, number 33 in your hearts, doing big things for you, for your family, and your Chargers out there, folks. Now, Mike, mm-hmm. we're about to open up the Mercedes-Benz Stadium officially on Sunday. Now, let's mm-hmm. go into the dome for a minute. What is your most memorable moment of the Georgia Dome? You know, I played there, you know, when I was at Tennessee State. You know, you played there at the Falcons. So, where's mm-hmm. the most memorable moment of the Dome? What's, what's your memories for it takes forever from that Dome, for they blow it up, wherever they blow it up? What's your, your memory of your life? That's your life about the Georgia Dome. It'll, it'll definitely be my, my first game there, coming off uh, signing a free agent contract. 
and come to Atlanta, you know, I have to prove myself because, you know, I was, you know, I was a backup in San Diego. So it's not like guys had a lot of, uh, you know, faith in me around the league like that. Uh, I just had so much, so little film on me of, of being a good football player. I just wanted to show the world and uh, what the Falcons seen in me and, and they, they made the right decisions by signing me. And I ended up going out there and uh, breaking the single game rushing record for the Falcons. And, uh, and that was a great feeling. And plus it was all, we, we opened the season at home and it was, it was good to start off one and no after, you know, the, the bad seasons the Falcons was having before I got there. And also, one of the more memorable moments was when you and I won our fantasy league together, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, that, yeah. That, that fantasy championship that you and I took down. Yeah, right? yeah we, need, we need to retire it in your, in your man cave. Retire right. my jersey in your man cave. <laughs> uh, that's funny, man. The um, the other thing I wanted to spin off on uh, with JR talking about the, the Georgia Dome, other stadiums around the league, I mean, you, you've been to all these different stadiums. It, was there a place that you looked forward to going to? Was there a place that when you saw it on the schedule, you were just like, you hang your head like, oh, man, we got to go to that. That place is crap. Like, I hate playing there. <laughs> or it's, it's such a long, a long distance travel. Like San Diego, you're, you're traveling all maybe right. all the way across the country to play, and that has right. a, a set of challenges. So what are some of the, the stadiums that you liked or disliked playing at? Okay. Uh, the, the, the stadium I liked, really, honestly, that I like going to every year was, was New Orleans. And I just because because it was the atmosphere there, you know, it's a rivalry game. You're on the road, everybody's against you, and you know we just had so much respect for each other out there on the field. And I don't know, it was just magical uh, during that time period with you know Mike Smith and Sean Payton going at it. Um, and the stadiums I hated the most, uh, I hated Tampa because Tampa has a terrible visitors locker room, and all the California stadiums. I'm glad everybody's moving and, and uh, getting new stadiums in California because. brings us to, to the next point you know the Chargers moving from San Diego to, to LA you know go back to your San Diego days a little bit what, what were some of your memories playing for San Diego um, you know were you upset to see them leave San Diego did, did you have kind of a uh, you know a, I don't want to say a partnership but you know you had a little stake in that city because you started your career there were you kind of upset to see him move to LA at all yeah yeah um, I, I understand it's a business part the business aspect of, you know, getting a new stadium and, you know, teams moving around. But I would I'd love to see uh, a brand-new stadium in downtown San Diego right there right off the water. You know, San Diego's a, a beautiful city. They have great fans. And uh, it's unfortunate they couldn't get a deal done there. Um, and now we got two teams in L.A. I don't know if that's overdoing it. I don't know how that's going to play out, you know. But, uh, you know, San Diego's always a special place in my heart. It's a team that drafted me. Uh, I loved every moment of, of being there. You know, but I had to be patient behind LT, but I just took the opportunity to sit back and, and learn from him what it takes to be a professional and uh, end up being a Hall of Fame football player. So if I had to sit behind somebody, uh, I'd rather be somebody that was in the Hall of Fame. You got there, right? It had to be great to behind a Hall of Fame and learn from him. It had, it had to help you out a lot for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, most definitely helped you out for sure. No. I just I was just learning the ropes and uh, we just had a great team there. You know, all the guys, offense, defense, uh, the the team chemistry. You know, we always hung out together. Always had a good time with each other. We we enjoyed each other's company, and uh, you don't find that in every locker room. And uh, you know, I, I absolutely loved it there. Well, speaking of LT, you know, this is kind of a little bit off script here for the interview, but did you ever like sit on the sidelines? Because at home, when you watch him, or in the stands, when you watch that dude run, like he's jaw-dropping some of the runs that that dude made and some of the plays that he made. Did you ever sit on the sidelines and go, damn, like, how, <laughs> how did you do that, bro? <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, because you know, we have totally different styles. So, you know, uh, you know, the, the runs he pulled off, you know, it, it was amazing, you know. Uh, I've, I, you know, had confidence in myself that I'd go out there and do the same thing, but just in a different way, you know, if you, if you understand what I'm saying. But uh, I can how I see – I can to see clearly see how special he was. You know, I liked him before I even got to San Diego. I was like, man, that's a good running back. You know, uh, I, I you know I can't emulate him, but uh, he's a good guy to watch. You know, he's exciting. Uh, you know, catch the ball at the backfield. You, you know, can run. Got amazing cuts. Uh, it's like, what what can you what what bad can you say about the guy? You got that right now, Mike. Back to the with one second. 
What's like to play in Oakland on, on the baseball field? That had to be like annoying. Play on the second base out there, third base out there, get your arms scraped up. <laughs> that was another reason why I hated them California Sales. One of them had a uh, the, you know baseball field out there, and uh, I played on there. Uh, uh, I think might be once or twice, and it was, it was terrible, man. It was, it was first of all, it's weird, you know. <laughs> got this uh, baseball diamond in the middle of the football field, but you know, but it was like, man, please don't get tackled in the, in the dirt because you know you're getting burns like, like you know, serious serious turf burns out there on that stuff, and it's it's hard to get in the shower after that. <laughs> Whenever I used to watch that, Jr. like I'd watch that on TV, right? And they have the baseball diamond right in the middle. It's like a pickup game. Like you guys just decided to play a pickup game out there. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, that's exactly, what it always that's looked exactly like. What, that's exactly what it felt like. You know, it's like this is the NFL. Can we have our own field? Can we get 100 yards just for football around here? <laughs> you know, exactly. It's, like crazy, it's, crazy, it's, it's crazy that, you know, you know, teams usually like share football, football fields and stuff like that. No. Behind the scenes for you, what was your game day routine like for you guys to go out to play for the Falcons or the Chargers? Well, how was your like the game day for you? Was it like get to stay up two hours early, stretch, do your warm up? Talk to how it got you in that mindset to play every Sunday for your for your two teams there. Uh, I was, you know, I was, you know, make sure. Yeah, I I got to stay uh, pretty early. I like to get there early, you know, sit down and uh, you know meditate, relax, uh, get my mind right for a game, and uh, you know be able to stretch and. Uh, properly warm up before before we have to actually have to go out there because you know NFL is different than college. You know college they give us plenty of time as a team to go warm up as a team and that's all you need. But in NFL you got to like kind of warm up on your own because uh, we go through it so fast it's not really a, a true warm up. So you have to do some things on your own to really get prepared for the game. So Mike, you know the the. Um... Athletic nature, uh, I guess the best way to put this is athletes play a bunch of different sports coming up, and you may not settle on mm. the best sport for you until you you're, might be in like mm. the middle of your high school years or even some people like mm. in the beginning of their college years. Were there other sports that you played coming up, and, and would there be another sport that you would have tried or would have liked to have tried professionally? Uh, I ran I ran track in high school. You know, I loved it. I loved it. the you know, the competitiveness of just racing somebody, you know. Uh, a lot of people didn't, you know, when I went out there, you know, I was a big kid and uh, people didn't expect me to have that much speed. But I was, I went out there and, and uh, did well. You know, I was pretty fast. I always was fast, but I just had to go out there and prove it. And I felt like track was the only way for me to prove that I was fast to everybody because people wouldn't believe me. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I made it I made it downstate in the uh, state of Illinois in track. You know, I didn't make the finals or anything, but, you know, I was just happy to Make it that far, you know. That's a big accomplishment for me, uh, you know, being the size that I am. Uh, well, what else? Basketball, I, I never did basketball. I knew that wasn't my thing. <laughs> but, uh, but, well, come uh, on, man. You could have no, 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 rolled like Charles no, Barkley, no. bro. Charles Barkley, no. man. You could have that. You I'll know. probably do Charles Barkley, Charles Barkley uh, golf swing. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, I wish I would have learned how to play golf in high school. You know, I wish I would have did that. I would, but we didn't have a golf team or anything like that. But uh, uh, and sometimes I see uh, like uh, lacrosse. That's pretty interesting. Uh, you know, rugby, no stuff like that. Uh, maybe maybe a little bit of soccer too. You never know. I listen, man. I you could have you could have played linebacker for sure. You got the linebacker build. You would have been you would mess some people up playing linebacker. Now, yeah. I don't know if you like sticking your nose in that way, but running backs, as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> and having watched you right. play many times, I know you don't care about mixing it up. You will put the hurt on somebody. Um, yeah, I don't care about mixing it up. No, but I, you know, but I, I really like to play corner too. Cause like I said, I was fast, and people didn't think I was fast, but I like to play corner. I like, to, like, like other than running back, like a cornerback is like my favorite position because it's just a natural ch- challenge of shutting somebody down. I just love to. The uh, the mindset a cornerback has to have uh, being out there on the football field. What about tennis? You ever play? You ever play any tennis? Oh no, no, I never played tennis. <laughs> See, that might be never good for you because you got the agility, uh, you got the lateral quickness, and then if you charge yeah. the net on somebody, like listen, if you charge yeah. the net on me, I drop my racket. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know what? Like, you know what? I, you know what? I, I really, I, I really love, I really enjoy playing badminton and uh, and racquetball. You know, those you know, you go to the uh, uh, you know little field house or something. You got those like uh, little. Activities, those little rooms they got over there for those kind of sports. You know, I used to participate in that stuff. My, my man just threw out barbecue sport on us, bro. 
His badminton is a barbecue sport. Like, come on. <laughs> yes. Tell the ball as well. Four square. I draw that stuff. Yeah. Special four square league. They have that. Yeah, they have they have a four square league. Yes, they do. Oh I, man, I was trying to. I learned it by last year. Like, dude, they got a league for everything, bro. Everything. I know. Even the league. Kickball even the league. league. Even the league for video games, man. It's yep. a league for everything. There you go. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> the the Madden Nets or the Madden the Madden the Madden players, because Mike, you and I both know there are guys who be in their in their mad caves all day long playing Call of Duty, Grand Theft Auto, yeah. Madden, yeah. Yeah. And and, like, so, like, how about go out and find you a lady or something? <laughs> 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 Working nah. on that Xbox controller. Come on, man, yeah. get your mind right. Hey, man, that's a great job. You can you can sit on your butt, play video games, and get paid. That's that's hey, that sounds good to me. That sounds yeah. a good deal. <laughs> And order pizza. That's all they do. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh man, Mike, it's been great to have you on the show, bro. We had to do this again with you real soon, man. I'll see you Sunday at the at the stadium, man. Can't wait yeah. to see you again, man. Yeah. We'll see you chop up there at the stadium, bro. Yeah. Uh, look forward to seeing you too, man. Maybe uh, be on the show later on this season when the Falcons uh, dominating. No doubt for yeah. sure. We, we gotta do that, bro. No doubt. <laughs> okay. All right. All right, folks. Michael Brown trying to hit the boss man show you. Former Falcon and Charger legend here with John and myself. After the break, we got more boss show for you. Stay tuned. All your photos, videos, and voiceover needs, check out the fine folks at Blu-ray Productions. They will take good care of you. If you don't believe me, you can see for yourself. Check out their work at BlueberryProductions.tv, the Facebook page, Blueberry Productions, also a Vimeo page, a YouTube page, and it's Blueberry, B-L-U-B-E-R-R-Y, Prod on Twitter. Check them out today. Blueberry Productions, great people, great work, great service. Fantasy football season is fast approaching, and if you're looking for an edge this season, you need to contact the guys at Draft Day Consultants. The concept is a simple one. Draft Day Consultants takes your requests and connects you with one of their trusted analysts, who then guide you through your draft, whether you just need a sounding board on decisions or if you need them to conduct your entire draft. Draft Day Consultants has you covered. Every one of their consultants has a proven track record of success and have conducted hundreds, even thousands of mock drafts. Thanks to this year-round research and analysis, the guys at DDC have an unmatched understanding of player values. So gain an edge on your league mates this season by hitting up DraftDayConsultants.com. That's www.DraftDayConsultants.com. Now get after it, fantasy footballers. Hip-hop fans, I got a great album for you. Today we have them from Family Grind ENT, True Speech, and 313 Fresh. We're going to give you two discs, 33 songs of pure, genuine hip-hop. Albums available on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, IllStreetRex.com, and streaming live right now on Rhapsody, Beats Music, Spotify, Xbox Music, Slacker Radio, and SoundCloud. Check them out today, True Speech and 313 Fresh, Family Grind ENT. Believe in it, get it. Hello, my name is Travis Williams, President and CEO of Academics and Athletic Consultant, focused on educating and empowering tomorrow's collegiate athletic leaders. My passion is for the education and genuine concern and care for today's student-athlete. It's the centerpiece of my life's work. A college education, both in and out of the classroom, is a truly rewarding benefit. For more information on AAC, you can go to www.academics.com and athleticsconsulting.com. Once again, www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com. Or you can follow me on Facebook at Academics and Athletic Consulting or Twitter at Coach TWheel24 or Instagram Travis L. Williams24. Or you can call me at 404 542 Once again, AAC is very proud to partner with J.R. McHenry of the Bossman Radio Show, covering sports and entertainment across the country. 
Please tune in weekly for informative, entertaining, and expert analysis on today's sports and entertainment topics. Thank you. Welcome back to the Journal of the Boss Man Show. We have special guests for you. We, we promised them to you. The coach for the Vanderbilt Commodores. The girl will be doing great things this year. The one only coach, Derek Mason, on the show with JR and John. Coach, glad to have you back on the line with us. How have things been for you this summer? JR and John, man, it's good to be here. But let me tell you, it's been a good summer. Uh, we had to get back on that grind and, you know, really clean up some issues and, Try to get ourselves back to being relevant. And, you know, part of that, man, is just making sure that you're about the, the daily grind, about doing what you need to do in order to get yourself, you know, a little closer to where you need to be. Yes, indeed. And, Coach, just give us a little feel about your team. A lot of people are saying you guys are going to go 0-8 in conference. I don't buy that. I think you guys have got immensely better. So what are you guys expecting to anchor down this year? What do you think your team will do this year from last year? think y'all going to win – Four conference games, you just trying to win a game at a time. What do you think about your guys going forward this year? While well, people around you saying you're not going to do anything, we know what you got going over there on West End. Tell us people about what you got going on West End, Coach. Well, here's what I know. <laughs> you know, any place I've been, uh, four years' time, I've, I've had an opportunity with the people around me to make to make wherever I've been better. So right now, and looking back at 2014, we needed to be more competitive. And, you know, I thought about that, but in looking at being more competitive, we had to come up with some tangible things to help our guys understand exactly, you know, what we were talking about. And so we, we came up with a phrase, RTI, uh, and that stands for Relentless, Tough, Intelligent. Those are things that are measurable. So as we looked at it, not only do we need to compete, but we need to be a certain type of football team. We, we had to be a football team that played, you know, with a relentless abandonment, you know, playing four quarters, 60 minutes every game, we needed to be tough. And I'm not talking about physically tough. I'm talking about mentally being able to overcome, you know, rough situations because that's what football is. And then that intelligent piece gets back to uh, taking care of the football at the quarterback position, making sure that, you know, we don't hurt ourselves or beat ourselves with penalties, and just making sure that uh, in red zone situations and third down situations on both sides of the ball that we become a dominant team. And that's not rhetoric. That's that's fact. If we clean up those those measures, we're a better football team. So that's what the work has been about in 2015. Now, Coach, you had mentioned you know RTI being relentless, tough, and intelligent. And one yeah. thing that I would uh, throw out there is being focused. Um, in order to yeah. be focused, you've got to be relentless, tough, and intelligent. And to me. Being a focused athlete is so important, especially when you're playing in the SEC, man. If you if you drop your guard down for one second on defense or if you make a mistake on offense, it could be the game. You know, it's it's just a, a tough lead to play in. Can you talk a little bit about how you um, try to keep your guys in the game and focused on game day? Well, you know, what it gets back to, you know, when the focus comes with maturity. You know, a year ago, a year ago, we played 33, you know, young guys, 33 freshmen. Some of those were red shirts. Some of those were true freshmen. And that's not an excuse. That's a fact. You know, you, you can't make excuses in this game. What you do in this game, you realize what you have, you work, through the, you work through the issues, and you get better. And realizing uh, you know, who we were and where we've been, we're talking about a more mature football team. And so I wish I can, you know, tell my 14, 16-year-old daughters, you know, to be, to be more focused. But it's not just about telling them. Okay, and it's about, you know, intentional action. Okay, what does that look like? And so for our guys, okay, it's about everything that they do. I tell our guys all the time, everything that you do matters. How you eat, how you sleep, how you prepare for class, how you prepare for football, what you do in between, uh, you know, the white lines, what you do you know, in the locker room, how you treat people, it all matters. So you can't just talk about doing this sometimes. It's got to be an all-the-time mentality. And 
Does that sound hard for young people? Yes, but that's part of gaining that focus and that edge to, to be the type of player, to be the type of impact uh, teammate that you want to be for this football team, and, 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 and that takes intentional action. So it's more about intentional actions, and intentional actions will give you the focus that you're talking about. And, Coach, I want to get your insight into this. How do you and your staff go about coaching a younger team versus coaching an older junior senior team like you maybe had at Stanford, maybe a lot of junior seniors? How, how do you go about coaching a, a lot of redshirt freshmen, true sophomores and true freshmen? How, how do you all go about dealing with those guys from their different levels? Do you try to be like more lenient or break it down a little bit more or give them the calls a little simpler? How do you go about that? We got a lot of young guys on, on your roster. Well, what you do is you start with the foundation. And, and with that, we didn't get a lot of football last year, okay? And with that, it wasn't like they they, they weren't uh, ready for it, but I think you have to make sure that they comprehend what you're giving them. So if that means feeling it back, okay, and giving these guys identity within what they do so that they can gain confidence, then that's what you do. We spent the better part of the spring, okay, on defense. We only had four calls, okay, all spring. At all times, was four calls. And those four calls were predicated on us being a more uh, – a more physical, uh, better communicating, and more aggressive defense. The period. That's that's what we wanted to be. We wanted to play fast, communicate, and be aggressive. And, and and the only way you can do that is to be sure of what you're doing. If you have no idea what you're doing and you're out there now, you know that leads to apprehension. You don't communicate, you don't play fast, and you don't play aggressive. And we've taken that philosophy on both sides of the ball. So it was about establishing a foundation. Okay, and as we got through spring, we started to see our guys play play at a high level. They started to be confident in what they were doing. And and then you say, okay, well, let's go to stage two or, or, or what we call in football, you know, football 102. We got past the 101. Now it was time to go to 102. And as we've gone through the summer, we've been able to uh, drop in some 103. Not, not quite ready for some 104, but on some 103, you know, educational tools right now. Let me tell you, these guys have been able to dive in, play fast, and right now they're confident. That is every other college football team. Everybody has the same hope right now in 2015 that they play fast, that they understand exactly what their schemes are about, and that they go out and play with bad intentions to try to get what's on the other side. And, Coach, can you pinpoint some guys for John and listeners and myself who have stepped up this offseason and shown you that they're ready to football 102, 103, and 104 from you and the staff? Well, as, as we look at it, and I'll start on the offensive side of the ball, I really hate to get into to, to individuals because that, we, we moved away from the individual concept. It's not about individual. Okay, it's about team concept. Individuals, you know, may make up teams, but teams win games. Individuals don't. But as I look at, you know, where we are, I think up front on the offensive line, you know, you've got one of your own, uh, you know, from Atlanta, Delonzo Cooks, who needs to be an impact player, you know, for us this year. But as I look at that veteran offensive line, uh, you're you're talking about guys, Will Holden, Andrew Jokes. Uh, I mean, you look at, uh, you know, where we're sitting, uh, you know, inside, you know, with our guard situation. Uh, Spencer Pulley's going to line up for us at center, but Jake Bernstein, uh, you know, has played a lot of games here. So you're talking about a veteran offensive line who's gotten stronger and better. So I'm I'm confident that that group's gonna you know lead the way or pave the way for us. Uh, outside at the receiver position, C.J. Duncan uh, stepped on the scene a year ago and, and you know got his feet wet, made some plays. Latavius Rafer did the same thing, but there's guys that are you know really untested. You know, Trent Shurfield, uh who looks to have a breakout season. Contera uh, uh, sitting outside. Chris Contera sitting outside. Who who you know, is a veteran now and understands exactly what we need. So we'll see, you know, how these guys progress. We expect them to have a good season, but uh, they've got to show that, you know, in what they do. Uh, at the running back position, uh, we know about Ralph Webb. Everybody's talked about Ralph Webb, but people aren't giving uh, our backup running back or, you know, our second running back, Dallas Rivers, I mean, who's from, uh, you know, he went to Stevenson High School, and, and, and this kid averaged 4.7 yards a carry last year. You know, in a backup role. So uh, at at six one, two hundred twenty eight pounds, uh, you know he's something. He's something that's that's special, and I think he's going to do some great things for us. And then I look at you know where we're at at the quarterback position, and Johnny McCrary, okay, and Wade Freeback both have played. 
Johnny played more games. Johnny had a chance a year ago to to you know, play late fourth in the season, and you know he did some great things. But I think all those guys have matured as we move to the defensive side of the ball. You have a chance to look at uh, what we are in front, and with Caleb Pazukate, Jay Woods, and Adam Butler, you're talking about three guys who played a lot a lot of football here. Okay, and they're 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 primed. They're Caleb is the only old guy that we have, but all these guys in the cycle, whether it be Nephi Lalau, uh, you know, backing up, whether it's Wiley Tindall, whether it's Hickam Clark, uh, Tory Agee, we, we finally have depth on the D-line. So we feel good about where they're at. Our linebacking core is going to set the tone for what we do. Led by, you know, Darian Herring, uh, also out of Stevenson, a big, big-time athlete, side-to-side player, next to him, all-freshman SEC performer, uh, Nigel Bowden. And then when you look at what's happening outside between Zach Cunningham and being able to, to utilize Stephen Weatherly, who's also from Atlanta, uh, who, who's, who's probably one of the top the top outside linebackers, uh, outside pass rushers in this conference. Um, and we feel pretty good at the pressure, about the pressure we can bring. And then this secondary, you know, man, without a doubt, looks to make an impact. They do. I mean, Torrey McGaster, right? at one corner, and then you, you come back and you got Torrin Ferguson at the other corner, along with Trey Herndon, Jamel McIntosh playing safety, with Andrew Williamson, Oren Burks. I mean, the safety corner position is finally deep in the secondary. So we're somewhat young, but this group is experienced, and now it's time to ride. Currently joined by Vanderbilt head football coach Derek Mason. And, Derek, uh, Coach, I just wanted to – you know, lay it out there on the line. You know, you're my type of guy. You're my type of coach talking about team, you know, talking about the the RTI. I, I love it. I love what I'm hearing from you. And I, in my opinion, it's only a matter of time for the uh, the team breaks through and starts to see that success right. that I know is going to come. I'm interested to hear about the team aspect that you spoke of. That's such a big thing to me. Uh, I'm really not a fan of the individual nature I see sometimes out there in different sports, including football. How do you go about building that team culture, and, and do, you, do you actively recruit guys that have already made that realization in life and team sports that you have to be a member of that team and be team first? Or, or do you kind of say, hey, when they get here, you know, we can coach them up and we can break them of that individual um, line of thinking that they may have when they come in? Well, you know, it, it's somewhat difficult when you come into a situation where you have some older guys and who, have, who have played under a different regime. And, and they've you know, been picked up uh, some different habits and maybe a different philosophy, and now you're asking you know, them to change. It's easy to recruit to what you want, and that has nothing to do with stars because I can tell you I've been coaching football for 20, 22 years, and here's what I know. I know that stars don't mean anything. Stars, stars are what they are. Somebody's evaluation of a player. You have to look inside a player to realize whether or not the character the football IQ and the will and love of the game are in them. And if they don't have it, then they don't have it. I don't care if you're a five-star player. Okay, if you don't love football, there ain't a whole lot I can do with you. And I, I'm just being honest. And so I look for young men who represent, you know, what our school represents. Okay, we're, we're, we talk about our brand consistently. We want what we call a Vanderbilt man, somebody who's willing to push past adversity and understand that it's never going to be easy. The journey's going to be hard. So with that, it's got to be about the work. Okay, you can talk about it, but it's not about just talking about it. It's about being about it. You've got to come in every day and work harder today than you did yesterday so that you can be better tomorrow. And that's what it comes down to. There is no shortcutting the work. So as these young men have had a year to settle into what my philosophy is, we've been able to establish two recruiting classes in that time that get it, that get it and that have moved forward towards what we're trying to do. And that's, and that's doing something great here. A lot of these young men don't come to Vanderbilt to be good. They come here to be great. You're going to be challenged in the classroom, but when we get between the white lines, don't believe that anybody in this conference or anybody that you play is going to give you a break because you look intelligent or because you go to Vanderbilt. It doesn't work like that. This is the SEC. If you want to play in this conference, you better bring the big boy pads, a lunch pail, and a hard hat. And that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for young men who get it who got that energy, who got that swag, who understand what it is to be about something more than just playing game. You gotta be all encompassing. And if you can do that, Coach Mason gonna come get you wherever you at.
Yes, indeed. And to all the high school kids out there listening to the show today, Coach Mason's a cool guy. I know him personally. Go to, go to Vanderbilt. It's all three and a half hours away. Coach, I'm going to do it for you today. Go to Vanderbilt. Three and a half hours away. I prefer Vandy over Georgia, me personally. So go to Vanderbilt. Three and a half hours hey, away. Man. Coach Mason, cool guy. Me and John endorse him. If you want to go play the SEC, go play Vandy. Got West End. Great area. Great food over down West End. Great mall. Upper Mills Mall. Great downtown. And you get a great education from Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt University is a great place to be. And, and also, if you get injured, Sports medicine is excellent. Great hospital for adults and kids. Isn't that right, Coach? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got it. Listen, the great thing about Nashville is, is this, and there's a lot of great cities, and you live in one. Uh, the great thing about Nashville is this, especially when you're talking about Vanderbilt and why the student-athletes should look at Vanderbilt University. You're talking about one of the fastest-growing cities in the country, and Nashville's a city of opportunity. We're talking about... Uh, professional sports. We're talking about networking opportunities. We're talking about uh, you know when you look at entertainment, whether it's music, uh, whether it's uh, uh, plays, shows, anything you want to see. It's really you know here in Nashville. So you can touch a lot of it. When you talk about opportunities to play in the SEC, hey, listen, the SEC is the SEC. Best conference in college football. Then the last part of that equation is this: when you look at Vanderbilt, you're talking about trying to brand yourself or identify yourself with the best school academically in this conference. Bar none. That's not, that's not what maybe it is. It is. And so uh, as you start to look at brand and an opportunity for yourself, this place is not a, not really a, a, a four-year decision. It's a 40-year decision. You can do a lot of things with a Vanderbilt degree, but the networking and the people that you meet along the way um, really help propel you and put you in a different you know, bracket. And what I would say to you is enjoy it. Young people enjoy being recruited, but understand exactly what you want. And, you know, you want to get the best car you can and drive it to the wheels fall off. That's what I would say. Well, Coach, you know, JR and I, we like to talk about leadership when we have a head coach, whether it be uh, football, basketball, baseball on the show. It's such a huge part of what you do, especially, you know, running the, the football program at a major university. It's something that, uh, you know, the people, the players, the university, students, alumni, everybody looks to you as the leader of that football program. What does it mean to you to be a leader, and what type of leadership style do you have? You know, leadership to me is all about you know, being able to make sure that you lay a foundation, okay, a solid work that looks like exactly what you say you are. Because here's, here's what you know, young people do. If you, if you say one thing and do another, what happens is it, it just becomes false, false uh, and bravado for these young people today. What they want to see is somebody walk the wall. So I mean, if you're going to talk about being, uh, being great, if you're going to talk about you know, working hard and, and making sure that you, you, you uphold what it is to be a Vanderbilt man, then that's exactly what you have to be about. But more than that, you have to continue to put these young people in a situation that, that, that aren't just about propping them up, but showing them what it is, you know, to make it to the other side. Adversity and issues are just a part of life. But what I want to make sure that I can do is develop problem solvers. There's two types of people in this world, limited and limitless. Okay, limited people, you put on a shelf because they get, they, 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 they can be, they can I had a tag put on them. Limitless people don't see issues, okay? What they do is when they start to problem solve, and, and, and as they problem solve, okay, they find themselves in the midst of, you know, provocative thoughts, okay, and, and, and being able to be proactive. And that's what I talk about to our young people, making sure not only do I mentor that, not only do I, 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 I ask for that, okay, and work for that standard, but I hold them to that same standard. And I think that's what leadership is. It's not just what you demand. Okay, and it's what you're about, it's what you mentor, it's what you model every day. And that's what I try to do. I try to be about you know, that leadership uh, quotient, that leadership uh, model, and making sure that I mentor these young people. Now, for the second part of that question, you have to repeat it for me because I, I, I moved on that tangent. So come back to me. With, go ahead. Anyway. Yeah, Coach, John wanted to know what kind of leader you are personally. Like, how, how do you go about teaching your teammate, team about leadership? And what some awesome exercises you all do to force them to become better men and better leaders to help the football team, but also help them in life going forward. 
Well, our leadership style is more more hands on. I I trust I trust our young men. You know, first of all, I call them young men because that's what they are. Uh, it's not it's not always about the good decisions that you make. It's about the the the, the, the poor decisions that they make. But just holding these young men accountable for that. And so, you know, with me, it's about pure honesty. I I try to make sure that these young men up, but but I talk to them about the difference between ideal self and real self. You know, ideal self is what you want to be. Real self is what you are. And just trying to make sure that they can, they can, you know, work as closely as they can to try to hit that mark of being, of, of moving towards ideal, but understanding you know, where they are. And so that's, again, that's about accountability. Uh, for me, I talk uh, consistently, you know, with our young men. And when I say talk, I open my door. My, my office door is always open. They, they drop in. Uh, I check on our guys just to make sure uh, what they're doing academically, if they have any problems socially. But more than that, I'm, I'm trying to invest in these guys. And so these guys see me now differently than they saw me 12 months ago. You know, when you have a coaching change, some of these guys are, uh, are hurt in the process, and, and they've, got, they've got feelings about how things have happened. And so what you have to do is get these young men to trust. And so it's not so much about judge, judging these young men all the time. It's about loving them. And then on the other side of that, you can gain trust. And anytime you have trust, you can move forward. So that's what that believer I believe I am. That's what I, I think I've been able to do with this football team is we've been able to make hires like James Dobson, like Andy Lovewood. These these are men that not only know how to win, but they know how to teach. They know how to build relationships. And they, they've gotten these young men to understand what trust is. And so with that, I think this program is is ready to ascend and go and go a long ways. But it's still about the work that you got to be in every day to make sure that that trust is never breached. Coach, the one thing, and I, I don't want to belabor the point. I know we talked about it extensively here over the last couple of minutes in leadership. You had mentioned um, leading by example and, yeah. you know, trust. You talked about trust a lot. To me, it's so important, especially in the college football world. We've seen so many times where a coach comes in, recruits, then leaves. And, and right. you know, that the building that trust level up and, you know, um, being a leader by example to me is a surefire way to earn the respect and the trust of your kids. And once you do that, you're able to then, you know, teach them about the game, teach them about life, and they suck it up and they eat it up because they trust you and they respect you. And I just want to give you kudos on that. I think that it's just a very refreshing and um, good thing to hear from a man in your position. Well, thank you. I, I think you touched on something that I probably need to, you know, address as well. People talk. People ask me all the time, okay, okay, well, what happens What, what happens if and when you win? Well, first of all, we are going, we, we'll, we'll find our way to that. That's, that's going to come, but you got to do all the work in between to get there. But I didn't come here to be a transitional coach. I came here to be a transformational coach. So I'm not, I'm, I'm not worried about the next job. Last time I checked, I had a pretty good job where I was. But, you know, we're always looking to challenge ourselves. This, this job to me is the best job on the planet. People say it's tough. That's great. That's great. I mean, I've always been about, you know, challenges. But in this challenge, I know that in building, uh, in building, uh, you know, something great and going over with, you know, young men that you like being around who understand the significance of what they're doing, I sleep at night. Okay. I, I, I worry about these young men all the time, but I sleep at night. And I understand, you know, what, to, to whom much is given, much is expected. So, you know, with these kids, I tell them all the time, football is a privilege, not a right. And, and, and I feel the same about the responsibilities I've been given. So, you know, thank you for the, 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 the announcement. I appreciate it. And, Coach Mason, I've got some good news for you. I have decided this season, as of last week, I'll be primary color covering Vanderbilt and Tennessee State for my college football coverage. That means you'll be seeing a lot of me this year. I'll be covering you, you guys, and covering your players. So, Coach, I'll make a commitment to you all because I believe in you all. I will be Thank covering you. Tennessee State and Vanderbilt this year. Not Jordan, Georgia State. I'll be doing you guys. I'll be in Nashville a lot, Coach. So lunch time, some, some, some lunches, you know, some dinners, man. Come, come out there and see you guys. Because I, I told John, I told my, my assistant, look here, 
I want to cover Vanderbilt. I want to cover Tennessee State, my alma mater. I want to cover those teams because they got it going on. I believe in them. I believe in their coaches. And they, and they come on this show and inspect the show. And I love what they're all about. So I'm going to cover them, give them the coverage they need for in ATL. So people in Atlanta can see what's going on at Vandy and TSU and support you guys where, we, where me and John will support you going this season. Co- Coach, just no, know that awesome. just know that if it if it's snowing, okay, Coach, if it's snowing, you're gonna have to go up to the press box to see Jr. because he ain't going out on that field. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh, that's funny. That is lame. Oh, uh, hey, hey, listen, we we got a parker for him. Yes, indeed. There you go, Coach. <laughs> he needs it, man. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, that's that's hilarious. No, um, hey, I I definitely appreciate. You know the platform that you guys are, are are putting out there, and you know it's great. It's great to have a a voice, a following, um, you know, outside the the greater Tennessee area that that really uh, you know encompasses you know some of our uh, student athletes. Because believe me, whether it's uh, Georgia, Alabama, or Tennessee, uh, Vanderbilt is about taking care of home. You know, and obviously, you know, home is is, is the state of Tennessee, but uh, you, you know, when you look at the neighboring schools, we get we we have just as many student athletes from Georgia and Alabama, and I think you know, I and mean, that's 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 important uh, because a platform where you know, when people in the city, you know, of Atlanta and some of your other listeners that are in neighboring cities, you know, get a chance to hear about some of their student athletes that you know they watched, you know, in in the greater Atlanta area, or maybe uh, you know even outside of that. Uh, and just follow them and see how they're doing. So, you know, kudos, kudos to you, kudos to your producers, um, and that's a fantastic platform that you guys are providing. And coach, I would I can tell you this: anytime you want it, you have it here on the Boss Man Show with Jerry and John. We love having you on. Your visit is always great, and we love hearing your your perspective because you give it to us real. It's not the same canned answers. You give us real answers, and we appreciate that from you and guys like yourself, coach. Well, I tell you what, this is this is one of my favorite shows, and I love the people that I'm talking to. And here's what you know, I'll do: anytime you you want me to come on, and you hit me, I'll I'll make sure I stay in contact with you, and we'll make sure that we we put it out there. Because, like I said, I mean, this is this is a great medium, it's a great platform, and you know, there's a lot of you know, good student athletes across the country doing great things. But I think some of that local talent, um, and that we're we're cultivating here at Vanderbilt, uh, definitely. Definitely uh, would, would like to, you know, receive some acknowledgement and actually hear something, uh, you know, being heard. Because I tell you what, the greater Atlanta area produces so much talent, as you know. Coach, there is, it's, it's a gold mine down here. That's why I love having you on. I want to help you out myself. I want to do what I can to help you because I respect you. And I love what you do. And John loves what you do. We want to help you out. We, we 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 can't we can't we're gonna do so much. We wanna give the people your know, this platform to hear, hear from you because you are a great man, a father figure. I've seen you on the sidelines and through tough times keep your guy engaged. You know, I watched you on the sidelines keep them engaged and I know I can speak firsthand of how you are with your players and I appreciate that I can actually go on air and say, Yes, I know I know this man personally. I know how he coaches his players. I can tell a parent who asked me about you, yes, he you can trust your son with Coach Derek Mason. So I want to tell you that when people ask me about you, Coach, it's always a glowing endorsement about you and your program. Well, again, that that's we we get into this game, you know, but not not what we can do for ourselves. Uh, I've been blessed and fortunate to do more, you know, in this in this uh, profession uh, than, than than I ever would have dreamed when I started 22 years ago. And those blessings have been plentiful, but uh, I'm commonly engaged with with uh, you know in the pursuit of trying to make sure that our student-athlete and, you know, any student-athlete, whether it's a person coming to camp, whether it's somebody who comes by my office, okay, and, and, and is just looking at a school, uh, I try to engage all young people because, you know, I'm a teacher at heart. And, you know, in education, I believe there's power. And, you know, if we can continue to educate, properly educate and properly invest in our young people, there's an opportunity to, to, to help them grow and reach, you know, new highs and, and uh, new goals. You know, as we continue to move forward, because it, it, it's important that we do our job. And my job is more is is more than just coaching football. It's it's impacting lives as best I can. 
now, coach, if you want JR's endorsement to, you know, take it, take it up a notch to the next level, you hook him up right. with like a sweater, a parka, maybe some winter socks, you know, for when he goes out in the cold, that will really jump it up. Like he will. You know what? I got some swag coming to you guys. Uh, I, I, I got some swag coming to you guys. I went down to, uh, had a chance to actually go up. I'm in the Pittsburgh, Connecticut yesterday for the ESPN call wash and great time. Uh, you know, obviously, great coaches in the SEC. But, you know, with that, uh, we, we, we always go represent, you know, here in Nashville uh, at the highest level. So we, 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 we had a nice little outfit, nice little swag outfit. And what I will do is make sure that we push some swag your way. Because, you know, if you're going to represent in Atlanta, then you got to represent properly. You know, we got to be able to push you some Vanderbilt swag and make sure that, you know, on occasion you can – you can touch the faithful by being able to wear the side of So I'll make sure that I get those sizes and that we get it to you uh, as soon as possible. Now, Coach, Coach, I just want to say, Jr. the, the, the genesis of this uh, cold weather joke, uh, Coach, you know, Jr. hit a, a Titans game last year and he was freezing his butt off. This cat hits me up, you know, like 10 minutes before he leaves for the game. He's like, yo, John, what, what do I do? I got to keep warm, man. What do I do? What do I do? I got to layer up. You know, I need a coat. I don't have a coat. What do I? What am I supposed to do, John? <laughs> wow. Wow. He, hey, now, the last time I said, you do have a phone, so you can check the weather, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but see, he's a Florida man. See, this is a Florida man you're talking to. He, he is not prepared for anything coming down from the sky, right? And if, if it's not rain, uh, he doesn't know about it. Well, I get it. I, I, I spent the better part of my youth in Arizona, so I know. When, when you're in heat all the time, there's no need for a jacket. I've moved across the country. Here's what I realized. There's climate changes. There, there are climate changes, so you have to be proactive in making sure uh, that 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 you're always prepared. So make sure that you keep some apparel with you. Have a have a gym bag in the back of the car when you travel. <laughs> I will, Coach. I tell you what, the Coach. I'll tell you what. I'll John start taking this. The snow in Nashville on from President's Day. I was stuck at my house for four days on the top of the hill in Nashville, and I was what? depressed. Yes. Wow. I, I can't drive the snow, Coach. I can't drive the snow. John was trying to help me. I said, John, I'm, what am I doing? I'm stuck. I'm sick of eating these canned foods. I'm sick of eating these saints. I can't get off my heel. So <laughs> snow well, and cold weather, and I don't agree. I, well, hey, listen, I, I, I agree. I've been in the snow before, so I understand what that looks like. I do know this. As the weather's changed here, you know, in the southeast over the last couple of years, these winters have become, you know, a little rougher. Uh, you, you you start to see the uh, snow accumulation, and, uh, you know, it can be somewhat difficult, especially when you haven't driven in the snow uh, often or a lot. So uh, keep the snow chains with you. That's what I was saying. If you're traveling here in February, you never know. February, February, be careful. <laughs> hey, Coach, it was, hey, look, from, from, from Orlando, living in Orlando, going to school in Nashville, snow has never been my friend. Like, I know Atlanta, when we, we had an interstate in Atlanta, and the whole city shut down. And uh, I, wow. I, 25 was backed up. People left their cars, abandoned their cars. So I've never been in climates where snow has been friendly. So I did learn how to drive in snow one of these days. I don't know. I told John I'll learn one of these days. I, I, see, the joke is, Coach, would well, you learn how to ride a bicycle first or drive in snow first? That's the joke around here. <laughs> you know? Oh, oh man. We, we're coming down one another. I see you now. Yeah. yeah I see you. Well, wow. Yeah. You know what? Here's a, I, found out, I found out about snow, serious snow, when we lived in Minnesota. Okay. I, I, I mean, occasionally, occasionally, you come out, you see somebody backing out of the driveway, you know, getting on a snowmobile, heading to work. And, you know, that that's that's when you know you got snow on the ground. And for me, I mean, it was a rude awakening. I, I've never seen snow for almost, for almost four and a half months straight. There was some ice or some snow. And, and that's it. I mean, it's dark in the morning, it's dark at night. So when I go to work, when I was with the Vikings, I'd go. Uh, early in the morning, and it'd be dark. I'd come home, and it'd be dark. So it almost felt like it was 24 hours of, uh, of, of no daylight. And, uh, and those temperatures were frigid. Springtime, summertime, beautiful. Wintertime, extremely long. So I'll tell you, day in the south. 
Coach, you don't tell me twice, Coach. You don't tell me twice. I told John I'll never leave and go north of Nashville if I don't have to. <laughs> there you go. There you go. There you go. I'm with you. And Coach, what we'll do is after after we get off this, this segment, we will send you our sizes and I'll send you our contact information, John and our numbers, so you have all our information, Coach. So we'll we'll be in contact with each other, Coach. Because guess what, Coach? We're gonna support you. We promised you that. Like, say, anytime okay. you want to come on, let us know, and we'll do it for you, Coach. And we thank you for your time today, because Coach, we love talking to you. And we're glad to have you on this long on the show with us. We appreciate you, Coach. Well, well, thank you for having me. You gentlemen, take care. And like I said. You know, you're not part of the Commodore family, so anchor down. Anchor down. That's right, Coach. Coach Derek Basin, anchor down on the Boston Man Show. Coming up next, it's the Boston Report. Travis Williams, President and CEO of Academics and Athletic Consultant, focused on educating and empowering tomorrow's collegiate athletic leaders. My passion is for the education and genuine concern and care for today's student athlete. It's the centerpiece of my life's work. A college education, both in and out of the classroom, is a truly rewarding benefit. For more information on AAC, you can go to www.academicsandathletics.com consulting.com once again www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com or you can follow me on Facebook at Academics and Athletic Consulting or Twitter at Coach TWheel24 or Instagram Travis L. Williams24 or you can call me at 404-542-607 once again, AAC is very proud to partner with J.R. McHenry of the Bossman Radio Show, covering sports and entertainment across the country. Please tune in weekly for informative, entertaining, and expert analysis on today's sports and entertainment topics. Thank you. Fantasy football season is fast approaching, and if you're looking for an edge this season, you need to contact the guys at Draft Day Consultants. The concept is a simple one. Draft Day Consultants takes your requests and connects you with one of their trusted analysts, who then guide you through your draft, whether you just need a sounding board on decisions or if you need them to conduct your entire draft. Draft Day Consultants has you covered. Every one of their consultants has a proven track record of success and have conducted hundreds, even thousands of mock drafts. Thanks to this year-round research and analysis, the guys at DDC have an unmatched understanding of player values. So gain an edge on your league mates this season by hitting up DraftDayConsultants.com. That's www.draftdayconsultants.com. Now get after it, fantasy footballers. Hello, college basketball fans. This is Donnie Tyndall, former head basketball coach, and we're getting ready to have a top three with Tyndall with JR, the boss man, and John, myself, as we analyze the college basketball season team by team, break down stats and facts and give you all the basketball scoop across the country on a weekly basis. We hope you'll join us and look forward to talking hoops with you on the Boss Man Show. Yeah, yeah, it's your man, JC, the host with the most, baby, and it goes down each and every Saturday night right here in the city of Memphis. That's right, y'all. It goes down at Clicks Sports Bar Memphis, baby. 3705 Malco Way, Memphis, Tennessee, 38125. Come out and join us, the Three Kings, each and every Saturday night for the liveest karaoke in the city. Everybody gets in free till 10 p.m., only $5 after. Great food. We got drink specials. We got all kind of games, man. We got the pool tables popping. Whatever you want, we got you, man. Come on out. Have a good time with us each and every Saturday night. That's Clicks Sports Bar, Memphis. 